If you've been around this church very much, you've heard the statement, uh, this statement. It's a statement that describes uh, who we are as a church. It describes our ministry. It describes what we are about. It, it, it says this. It says, we strive to glorify Jesus Christ in our community and around the world by connecting, growing, and serving. And uh, when we talk about connecting, growing, and serving, connecting, we're talking about connecting people to God and to a community of believers. It's that idea that we, we want to share the gospel. We want people above all to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, and then once they know Christ as their Savior, we want to connect them up to a body of believers. Hopefully, we, surely we hope that we can connect people to a body of believers here, but we want to connect them to the ministry of God somewhere. And, and we want to encourage them not only to be connected, but to be growing in their faith. Growing in your faith means, uh, means that, uh, that, that you're pursuing discipleship. We want to be growing as, as a congregation as we make disciples and as we become disciples. As you pursue God in a journey of discipleship and you learn about the disciplines of our faith, then, uh, then, then as God disciples you, you understand the need to reinvest that and to make disciples as well. A, a biblical disciple is a disciple who makes disciples. And of course, discipleship can't happen unless somebody first has come to know the Lord as Savior, come to faith in Christ. So we're, we, we, we want to be connecting and we want to be growing and, and then we want to be serving. And that idea of serving is serving others in our church, in our community, and around the world. Some people, uh, they, they use the term missions. And I like the term missions. I'm a little reluctant sometimes to use that term because we've been trained that when we hear the word missions, that means we go somewhere far away. But in re and, and that can be, that is part of our calling to go and take the, the gospel into the other places, to the, uh, to the, uh, to the ends of the earth, right? But, but we can serve not only in the ends of the earth, but we can serve here and we can serve in our home. We can serve in our church and in our community. And so this morning as we jump back into Ephesians 4 and we revisit this passage, we're going to revisit this passage because it's reflective of who I believe that God has called us to be as individual believers, but also as a church. So we're in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 11 and read down to verse 16. It says, And he, talking about Jesus, and he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the training of the saints in the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ. Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a, with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into Him who is the head. Christ. From him the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for the building for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Let's pray. Father, we are 
thankful this morning for your word, God. We are thankful, for, uh, Father, for, for the principles that, that we see. The more we study and the more we dig in, Father, the more we understand about who you have called us to be, Father, both as people and also as a corporate body of believers. And so, Father, I pray that you would speak to us this morning and that the Holy Spirit would make evident in our heart if there is something that we need to be doing in order to pursue you more. God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you may remember the early days of the Internet, in the late 90s and early 2000s, when people who were on the Internet had this thing called dial-up Internet, okay? Uh, and so what would happen is if you wanted to get on the Internet, you'd get onto a a program, the biggest one at the time was America Online, and, and uh, you would click on there on your computer, and you'd wait for like 10 minutes for it to decide to do something, and you would hear all these noises, these hums and beeps and, and you know, the staticky noises that, 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 that a modem will make when it's transmitting information. And what was happening during that time is for dial-up internet, when you clicked on that that internet provider, it had a phone number that it told your computer to dial. A landline phone number, uh, a local number, because of course so much was long distance in those days still, and so uh, a, a local number you would call, and that was your portal or your way into the internet. And I remember uh, living in, in, in Benton, and we had a, we had a, a number for Benton and Bryant, and, uh, and it hadn't been that long that it, it used to be it used to be where it was a long distance to call uh, Benton to Bryant and they'd opened up where they had a number where you could call both and so AOL had this phone number that was set up for everybody in Benton and Bryant they had maybe a couple of them and so everybody in the Benton and Bryant area would click on AOL and it would call this phone number and that's how you got on the internet and so uh, and it was uh, it was an interesting thing but at some point I remember in there I think it was the late 90s uh, some hackers got into AOL and they hacked into the system and they shut down the number, the little the phone number portal that you used uh, for the Benton Bryant area, the AOL portal. And, and, and man, you would have thought it was the end of the world. People, they did not know what to do with themselves. They were thinking, I can't get on the internet. Like I click on it and it bugs, it, it beeps and bops and, and, and then it tells me that there's no connection. I don't know what to do with this. And it was a big deal. I mean, the local media was reporting on it. AOL, you know, uh, users in Saline County are having trouble. Well, what they didn't know, uh, like I said, is that somebody had hacked into the system. They just wanted to cause uh, some disturbance and disruption and cause a little chaos with a high school kid. And, and, uh, and, and that's exactly what happened. It caused a lot of chaos and, and a lot of disturbance. And, and so uh, people were frustrated because they couldn't get online. And remember, this, these were the days when it was almost as fast to put a stamp on a piece of mail and mail it as it was to email somebody, okay? Uh, I mean, they were slow. They were slow. But people were frustrated by that whole thing. And, and uh, uh, you know, the, the truth is, in, in today's culture, you know, a computer in today's culture is almost useless if you can't connect it to the Internet. You know, not, not being online really will limit what you can do because if you're in a business, you, you, you can't get access to the information 
that you have on the cloud. A lot of businesses and, and corporations use cloud data now. And so if you can't get online, you can't access the, the data on the cloud. You can't check your email, you know. You can't pretend to be doing something really important while you surf Facebook, you know. And, uh, you know, you can't, uh, you can't access your social media. You grandparents, you know, that, that means that you, you might not be able to look at those pictures of your little babies, you know, just as quick as possible. And so, because I know some of us, man, that's what we do. We get on Facebook and we say, oh, look at that little grandbaby. And then we show everybody. So we couldn't do that without being able to get online. It just, it, it makes things harder. Our world is really... Um, uh, it's really designed around the internet so much that if we don't have access to the internet, there are certain things that we're not going to be able to do, okay? There are certain things that we don't have access to. There are certain limitations that we're going to have in life. And, 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 and the truth is, is that in the same way, if you're not connected to the ministry of a local church, you're not going to have access to the, some, of the, some of the things that you need in your discipleship journey and in your walk with Christ. And so, so first thing I want you to understand here when we look here at Ephesians 4 is that we're created to connect with God and with other believers. Okay, this goes right along with our purpose statement. Look at verse 12. Um, after it says in verse 11 that, that Jesus personally gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers, look at verse 12, it tells us why. For the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. Okay, God has designed you with certain gifts and abilities and, and he is, he is, you have learned how to do certain things. You have talents as well. It's different than a talent is not the same as a spiritual gift, but they, they can work hand in hand. And God has designed you to do certain things. But why has he designed you to do certain things? For the training of the saints in the work of ministry. He has designed you to be connected with a body of Believers. Now, of course, first and foremost, he's, he's designed you to be connected with him. Okay, and That's why it says in verse 11 that, that he personally gave some to be these things. Okay, Personally, you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ to understand and, and, and to move forward in this, in this journey that we're talking about discipleship and serving and growing and connecting. You first have to be connected with God, but once you are a believer... Uh, part of your journey and part of your calling is to be connected with other believers and for the training and the work of ministry in order to build up the body of Christ. Now, um, I also want you to, uh, to notice here where it says uh, in verse 16, it says, from him the whole body, and he has this phrase here, it says, fitted and knit together. Fitted and knit together. I want you to see, I want you to really key in on the word together. Because God has called us to work together for his glory. You know, whenever the when scripture talks about church and the body of Christ, it can really mean one of two things. Every so often when, when the New Testament talks about the church or the body of Christ, it's talking about 
the global church. And we talked about this a few weeks ago when we studied Ephesians 4. Could be talking about the global church, which is, uh, uh, which is everyone who has come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We have brothers and sisters in Christ that are in other churches, uh, other uh, churches down the road uh, today that's part, they're, they're part of the overall global universal body of Christ and so it can be talking about that but more often than not when the New Testament talks about the church and the body of Christ it's not only talking about the overall everyone who is a believer body of Christ but it's talking specifically about a local gathering of believers a local body of Christ people who have gathered together who are, have come together under one purpose and one faith they share the faith in Christ, united by that, and that faith in Christ has called them forward in a particular purpose, and they're united in that purpose, and they begin to move forward together as a church. Listen, you and I, as a church, we cannot as a whole, we cannot accomplish what God has called us to accomplish or to do as a church if we don't do it together. It's kind of like a like a like a uh, a, a um, flock of geese that's uh, moving south for the winter. You don't very often see just one goose migrating the long journey, hundreds and thousands of miles south. When they're migrating and they're and they're moving south uh, for the winter, they're migrating in. Uh, in, 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 in a flock or in a, and they fly in these formations particularly a V formation you see them you see them flying in that in that V formation you see that you understand that one of the reasons why they do that is because experts tell us that a, a formation of birds will go further than one bird will go on its own and so the, the, the geese understand that if they're going to make a long journey and they're going to, to be most effective and most efficient and make it the farthest that uh, individually they are able to do certain things but together they can do a lot more. You see you and I are created to uh, can be connected to God first and foremost but also to the body of believers. You're also connected to grow in your faith. You're also created, I'm sorry. You're created to grow in your faith. Look at verse 13, the second half of it. It talks about, uh, about how we are to be growing. It says, um, it says uh, first part of verse 13 says, Until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness but speaking the truth in love verse 16 verse 15 I'm sorry speaking the truth in love let us grow in every way into him who is the head talking about Christ you see when you connect to a local church the ministry within that local church and the ministry that that, that is going on there should encourage you to be in prayer and it should encourage you to study the Bible, it should help to equip you to study the Bible. You should learn how to study the Bible and how to pray and, uh, and what, it means to, what it means to give and what it means to trust God. You should learn those things as you dive into the ministry of a local body 
of Christ because we are called to grow in every way. We're called to grow into maturity in our faith. In fact, uh, on every Sunday morning, there are opportunities for you to grow here at this church. Uh, at 945, we have 10 different uh, Bible studies that, uh, that, that, that happen all over this campus from children, even including the nursery, but our kids' ministry, student ministry, uh, all the way up to adult ministry. We have multiple classes for adults uh, who, uh, who, depending on what stage of life you're in or what's going on and where you feel most comfortable, there, are, there is a place for you. I, w- I was re- reminded of that also as we sang uh, one of those songs, I'm a child of God, okay? And there's a place for me. You are a child of God, and there's a place for you in the church of God and in a local body of believers. There is, there's a place for you to plug in. There is a place for you to grow in your faith. There are Bible study opportunities, 945 on Sunday mornings. Um, if you're not a morning person, you might, might would rather come uh, at 6 o'clock. We have 6 o'clock on Sunday evenings, uh, most Sunday evenings, especially now that um, school's starting back up. Uh, we'll be gathering more and more on Sunday evenings. We had to take some breaks from that for the summer. Uh, but uh, Sunday evenings, 6 o'clock, we study the Word of God together. We really kind of look at core biblical principles. And we get a little deeper into theology on Sunday nights. Wednesday nights, there, there's a group uh, for adults. There's a group of men that meet and study God's words. And ladies that meet and study God's words. So if you just want to be in a, in a group with... If you're a guy and you just want to be with some guys, or if you're a lady and you just want to be with some ladies, Wednesday night is, is, is the time for you at 6.30. And of course, Wednesdays and Sundays, there's children's ministry, and there's uh, student ministry, and there are Bible studies and, and lessons that are happening uh, in those ministries as well. And so there are opportunities for you to plug in here at First Baptist Perryville. If God has called you here, He's called you here for a reason, and part of that reason is for you to get connected, for you to plug in. Uh, you know, the, the, the truth is, is that uh, the, the more we get connected to the body of Christ, the more we're in the Word of God, the more we're under biblical teaching, the more we are learning to pray, and the, the more we are encouraged about other believers, and, and, and more of those things start to happen, the more we begin to seek the heart of God, the, the, the more our faith should be growing as a result of those things. We're created to, to grow because we're created to be a people that are maturing in our faith and we're getting deeper and stronger as we learn to be an imitator of God in our lives. And so you're created to connect, you're created to grow, but you're also created to serve, to serve others. Look at verse 16. First part of the verse says, From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. You see, the, the truth is, is that as we serve, part of the, the truth is that serving is part of growing. Okay, so as you grow in your faith, 
as you grow in your discipleship, as you learn the disciplines of the faith, one of those disciplines you're going to learn is to serve. And, and so, so as, you, as you grow in your faith, you should be compelled to serve in some way, shape, or form. And for some of you, that serving, it might, it might not mean physically being, being involved because not everybody can physically you know, be here and, 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 and do some of the things that need to be done. But part of that serving might involve being encouraging and praying and supporting in those ways. But, uh, but as, you, as you serve, your, your faith is deepened. So as you, as you grow, you're compelled to serve. And then the more you serve and you trust God and you, and you move forward in those things then the more that deepens your faith in God. You see, it's, it's a cycle. And I would even, even tell you that as you grow in your faith and as you serve, that that's going to cause you to begin to connect with other people or help other people as part of your service, to help other people to connect with God and help other people to connect with the church. That is what ministry is all about. And so, uh, you know, in, in a church like this, there are many ways to serve. And, and the problem, though, and it's not just with this church, it's with just about every church I've ever known of, the average church, the problem is not that there are not things to do or ways to serve. The problem is that there's never enough people to do all the things that need to be done. The truth is, is that uh, in most churches, there are a few people that shoulder most of the load. You've probably heard of the 80-20 rule. You ask any pastor about the 80-20 rule, and they'll tell you that is, that is when 80% of the work is being done by 20% of the people. And that is, listen, that is in an average church. That's just the way it is. Maybe you've heard that story of those four people with really unique names. Let me tell you their names. Uh, the first one was named everybody. The second person's named somebody. Third person's named anybody. The fourth person is named nobody. See if you can wrap your mind around this. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry at, about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought that anybody could do it, but nobody realized that anybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. I'll say that three times. Okay? Friends, listen, God has led you here for a reason. If you're called here, then you're called to be connected with God and other, other believers. You're called to grow in your faith. You're called to serve in some way, shape, or form. God has a place of service for you. He has a job for you in the body of Christ, whether you realize it or not. Now, I want you to think about this. If that's true, that, that God has a specific job for you within the church, if that's true and you're not doing it, Think about how many people miss out and burn out as a result. Think about the fact that if God has something for you and you're not doing it, you're missing out on that growth. You're missing out on, on something that God wants to teach you or an experience that God wants you to have 
in order to deepen your faith, you're missing out personally. Other people, though, could miss out. Because, because if there's a job to do and you're not doing it and nobody else is doing it, then it's not getting done. And there's a ministry that's supposed to benefit and, and build up somebody else in Christ and move them towards maturity as it moves you towards maturity. And there's something that's not being done and they're missing out. Or maybe if there's a job that God has given to you and you're not doing it, maybe there will be people that will burn out. Because they're going to see a need for that ministry. And they're going to see, a, they're going to see a, um, a benefit in that. And they realize that nobody else is doing it. And they realize that if they don't do it, then no one's going to do it. And so what do they do? They're already shouldering all these things. They're already serving in these ways. And so they put more effort and more time and more energy. And they, they, they put more on their plate and more on their shoulders. Until eventually, they burn out. You remember, I uh, remember talking about the geese. You know, when they find the V formation, you notice they kind of fly in a V. And what's happening is there's one goose up front, you know, up front leading, uh, leading that V. And the truth is, is that uh, that goose, as it flies, it's, it's, that's the hardest position to be in to fly. And, and there's a lead goose, and they lead the way, and they, uh, they uh, chart that territory, and they work hard. But then there comes a point where, where that lead goose will peel off and come back to the back, and then another goose will, will move up to the front, while, while the, the one that was in the front now uh, is in the back and is able to rest and recover because it, it doesn't... It's not quite as hard to fly in the back. There's, uh, there's less wind resistance, and it's just it's a little easier on them. They're able to rest. But, you know, if, uh, if, if that goose up front never was able to peel off, eventually it would just fall. I think it would just drop from exhaustion. It'd have to land. It'd have to get out of the formation because it's exhausted, and... If nothing changes, then one by one by one, each one of those geese will have to go down as well. And, and so, uh, so we understand, uh, we understand that, uh, that God has called us to the body of believers for a reason. We are fitted and knit together. By the pro we are fitted and knit together uh, to promote the growth of the body. And it says by this, by the proper working of each individual part. Listen, folks, a body cannot function at full capacity if the individual parts are not functioning themselves at full capacity. So when someone has a job to do and it's not being done, that means that someone else is having to do it or, or it's just not being done. Dr. David Jeremiah talked about this a little bit at his church and he said uh, the one way the only way I'm sorry the corporate body of Christ will fulfill the mission Christ has given it is for individual Christians to have a vision for fulfilling that mission personally so so what he's saying is as a as a church if you want to be a church and you believe God's called you as a church to be connecting growing and serving then the only way for that to happen is if us as we as individual believers and part of that body of Christ say we believe that we're to be connecting, growing, and serving and we're going to pursue that 
in our lives. Truth is, is if I'm not doing what God has called me to do personally, then my church cannot do what God has called it to do corporately. If I'm not doing what God has called me to do personally, then my church cannot do what God has called it to do corporately. God has you here for a purpose. And I, this is, I want to share with you a few things that uh, as, as I evaluate and pray about and, and look at the needs of ministry within our church, I want to share with you some, some, some places of service. There are many places of service, but I want to share just, uh, just I believe, four with you that are, uh, that are big needs right now that we are praying that God would, uh, would provide. And, and uh, the first one is uh, for a children's check-in coordinator. If you notice, uh, out in the hallway out here, we're putting in doors. We're doing that to uh, better secure our children's area, which is why we've started you know, this new check-in system. And when everything is installed and we launch this program, then whenever you come and you bring your kids to church, you sign them in, and then there will be someone that, needs to, that will have to buzz you in to those hallways so you can open those hallway doors to be able to get back there. Now, the children can get out just fine. Uh, you know, there are buttons and motion sensors, so if there's an emergency and they're running down the hallway, they got to get out of those doors, they'll get out of those doors, okay? But what we need is somebody to say, listen, I will help make sure that that check-in process goes well, and I will, I will make sure people are getting in and out as they need to during certain times uh, when it's time to be checking in for Bible study and Sunday school. Hey, I, I'll be your person. I'll, I'll help you. We need people that say, hey, I don't know if I, if I can take on coordinating, but if you need somebody to work the desk ever so often, hey, I'll be there. But we need help with the children's ministry check-in coordinator. So we need somebody to help us with that. Uh, another area where we, where we need help and we're looking for people to serve is with college-age Bible study and ministry, okay? Um, I, I know that in the past this church has had college-age Bible study ministry and people say, well, we had a class and, and then, you know, uh, people stopped coming. Well, that's because they get older and they graduate or they get married and they go somewhere, okay? Uh, but, uh, but we have people in our community that are in that age group that we are not able to, to be able to meet those ministry needs, okay? We have, uh, with the new program going on at UACCM, where they're offering uh, tuition at the same price at University of Arkansas for those who do their first two years at UACCM. You know what college students, uh, what high school students are doing when they graduate? A lot of them are going to UACCM. And guess what? There ain't no dorm up there, okay? So they're going to be students that live in this area. A lot of students from Perryville, Bigelow, and those areas are are staying in town. Some of them, when they graduate, they, they take a year off or they, get, or they go right to work. And so they're just kind of out there. They're too old to be in youth ministry. Uh, and uh, and they really, they come to something and they're put in a class with people that are 20 years older than them in different parts of life and, and they don't have as much in common with them, okay? And, and so we need somebody or a couple or some folks to say, hey, I see the value in that and I can help with that because, because I want to help us to reach those students. And if we don't reach those, those young adults, guess what? They're going to church in Conway where all the college and young adult people go. They're going to Little Rock, okay? Uh, but wherever they're going, they're not going here. 
So we want to reach them so that we can help them to connect, grow, and serve. We don't want to lose the opportunity to reach that generation. We also have need in our children's ministry again in our Sunday school because we just graduated up a big group of uh, preschoolers and so now we have this huge group of kindergartners and, uh, and a few you know, first and second graders but then there's a big gap that we have and up until then maybe like I think fourth grade, uh, third and fourth grade in those ages we have a big gap where we have these younger children and these older children and there are they're all children but they really have different needs and they need information conveyed to them in different ways and and Miss Kim is 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 teaching them and she's leading them on uh, and during Sunday school and we have people that are helping to do that but uh, but we need somebody to say hey I'll help you split those groups and if you'll take one group I'll take the other group and I'll I'll be there and I'll help I'll help you do that we need that for the Sunday school hour, not for the, not for the, the church hour, but for the Sunday school hour. We, maybe we need some people that say, hey, me and my two or three friends, um, we'll rotate it. You know, We'll take turns doing it. I'll do it for a month. She'll do it for a month. He'll do it for a month. Whatever. But we need somebody to help meet that need. And then the, the next thing I want to tell you about, lastly, is kicks basketball. Our basketball league. Uh, we are starting this thing up. Some of you probably haven't got phone calls, but you will. Uh, but uh, we are needing people to work the scoreboard. We're needing people to, uh, to help referee. We may even need a coach or two. I think right now we do have some coaches, but we haven't been able to fully evaluate all of those needs just yet. But I know that we need some help with kicks. And so with that basketball league, we've had families that have connected to our church and that was their connection to our church. People have joined our church after having come to this congregation by way of a kids basketball league. Okay, And so we, we, we want to be able to have the opportunity to continue to reach families and children. And so, uh, so there are some needs for for, uh, for kicks and for basketball. There are a lot of other needs I could share with you, but I'm telling. here's what I want you to understand. There's a place for you to serve. And if you're not serving, if you don't have a place of service, I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. It might be one of these things. It may not be. But God has a place of service for you within the local body of believers. Let me ask you this. I've asked you this before. I want to ask you to consider this again. What kind of church would this be if everyone worked like you work? If everyone prayed like you pray? If everyone gave the same uh, time, talents, and resources that you give? They, if they just do what you do, what kind of church would this be? What kind of impact would we make in our community? What kind of impact would be made in this world? See, one of the reasons that a lot of people struggle to grow in their faith is that they never pursue the calling that God has on their life. You want to grow? Start serving. Find what God has created you to do and do it. Let's pray.